So I've titled this, um, I've titled this sermon today is Confession of Our Hope. That's the title. Um, since we're meant to have titles, I thought I'd better think about one. Confession of Our Hope. So um, I think personally, personally, in the last two years, especially the last year, I've known that I've needed a change in my own personal life, in my own personal walk with God, my own personal spiritual life. Um, you know, I think sometimes we get caught up in life and caught up in life's disappointments and maybe things just go wrong or they don't quite work out the way that we think they're going to work out. And so we can get a little bit down, we can get a little bit disappointed in that, um, especially when there's lots of things that happen in a row. Um, and so it's easy to, to those things to happen and take your eyes off the Lord. And you can kind of get yourself just unaligned a little bit with God. So I felt, a, I felt a, a need and a want, more of a need, that I needed to come closer to Christ personally. Um, and I felt that he actually said to me um, earlier this year that I'm going to do a realignment in you. And, and, but I also felt that I feel it's not just for me. Because, you know, when God gives you a word to share, it's not just, it's about me first, and then it's about, and for others as well. Um, so I do believe God's te- speaking to all of us. So you, you, may, you may resound with some of this, you may not, that's okay. But I, I know that God's speaking to me through this. So in the book of Hebrews, it's thought that it was, um, it was Paul or Barnabas um, who wrote the epistle to the Hebrews, but the actual author doesn't actually identify himself. So that's, that's the guess that it is, it's possibly Paul or Barnabas. Um, but it was written to encourage the Jewish members of the early church to maintain their faith in Christ and not to return to their former ways of living, not to go back to what they used to do. So the theme of Hebrews is about practicing stewardship over your spiritual life and your personal relationship with the Lord, with God. The supremacy of Christ and perseverance in Christ, especially in the face of persecution. For the believers at that time were receiving persecution and were going to receive persecution. So it's just as much relevance then it is as now. Because um, persecution of believers has always been is on the increase. We've seen that in America. We've seen that in other places. Persecution of Christians is on the increase. Whether it's forefront or whether it's subtle. So it could be forefront or it could be subtle at work. There's, there is an element of persecution there on Christians and believers. We know that the time the, the world is changing at this time. Um, we see a quickening, a quickening of natural events in the world. I mean, haven't we seen that in the last since January. <laughs> I mean, we've seen, like, we've seen Auckland flooding, we've seen the airport flooding, the motorway flooding. We've never seen that before. I haven't seen that before, personally. Um, we've had symbol, trembles of earthquakes. We had Te Araha a couple of times, Taupo, and then just recently we've had down towards um, Wellington direction. And I felt all of those except the Wellington, the para, Paramu one, the Wellington one. Um, and also, in just last week, the cyclone. We've seen the devastation of the cyclone recently. These things and everyday disappointments can distract us from his presence and peace if we only focus on the natural and, and on worldly things. So turn with me to Hebrews 10.23. And in Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he, who is prom- for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So my first point is Jesus is faithful, our hope is not in vain. The definition of faithfulness, lasting loyalty and trustworthiness in relationship, fact of being true to one's word and commitments, being dedicated and steadfast in performing one's duty. Imuna is the Hebrew word is translated faithfulness, which is trust, truth, steadiness. Pistos is the Greek, and it means faithful, sure, and true. In Revelation 19.11, John sees a vision of Jesus as the exalted king of kings, leaving heaven to return to earth. And he said, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider was called Faithful and True. He saw a white, white horse whose rider is obviously Jesus, faithful and true. He is truth, he is sure, he is trustworthy, he is steadfast. Steadfast meaning devoted, loyal, committed, faithful. The moment we confess Christ as our saviour and believe he is who he says he is, which is God, the covenant, which is the binding agreement that is relational and personal between the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit and us is sealed. It's sealed, it's done. It's sealed by the blood and by his word on the cross. It's once and for all, it is finished. <clears throat> when Jesus was on the cross, the moment he died, the separation in the natural and the spiritual was torn in two. The natural, we know the curtain of the temple was torn in two, but in the spiritual it was torn as well. So we have access to the Father. <clears throat> And the way to God was open for us to receive his grace, his total forgiveness. At that point, total forgiveness of sins yesterday, today, and forever. And his covenant of personal relationship with him, us, and God. Uh, him, well, us and Father God, I should say. Jesus is God. He promises when we receive him, he will send us a person of the Holy Spirit to help us and also as a mark of adoption. Ephesians 1.13, in him Christ you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. And that's you and I. That's why he said it is finished. Jesus did all he could to bring us to the restoration with the Father. Our acceptance of his grace and our forgiveness and is, his, is our choice. So God has done the work. He's done the work for the unbelievers out there. But now it's up to us to receive that forgiveness and that grace of God to receive that salvation. God says to Israel in Isaiah 49, however, however remember we're grafted in. He's the vine. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. So he includes us as well. This is the Old Testament. He was speaking to the Jewish people, but we're grafted in now. So we're included in this. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. And the words after that, your walls are continued before me, meaning I don't forget you. God doesn't forget us. He doesn't forget you. He's committed to you. He has not forsaken you. He cannot because he made a covenant with you when you confessed him as Lord in your heart. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are his. Second point, our preparation time. We're always preparing for something in our lives, whether it be for an interview, a meal, you know, you prep your meal, you're going out, put your makeup on, or when you, when you, I mean, you don't know, no, but still shoes and clean shirts. 
<laughs> prepare for worship, um, getting the songs sorted and getting them uploaded. We're always preparing. In the Old Testament, the prophet of Elijah and the widow in 1 Kings 17, 12, remember there was a drought and the Lord told Elijah to go to Zarephath and he asked the widow to bring him water and some bread. Um, she only had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil in a jar left over. And she said in verse 12, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. But however, regardless, the widow did, she did as Elijah told him. As he said that as she prepares the food for him first, the Lord had said to Elijah to tell her, The bin of flour shall not be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. Through Elijah's relationship with the Lord, God blessed the widow as she trusted the words of the Lord spoken through Elijah. God was faithful to Elijah and to the widow for provision because they heard the word of God and they acted upon it. In the New Testament example in Acts, after Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples were praying in the upper room, waiting, uh, you know, remember they were waiting up in, in the upper room, waiting for God, waiting upon God. And they didn't just start the ministry until they received the Holy Spirit infilling. And why? Because they need the Holy Spirit's power and anointing of the supernatural to be able to fulfill the calling of God in their lives. Otherwise, they're going to be doing the natural in their own strength and in the flesh without God. We cannot do anything of value, worth, anything that is worthy of being referred to, anything of substance, anything that will bring glory to God without the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, our efforts are fruitless and they do not bring glory to God. The anointing is his presence to be separated out of self and unto him. In our Christian walk, we need to be prepared spiritually. In the last, especially these times are coming, in the last few years, we've seen on TV and the internet, you know, all those get ready messages, especially in the last year. I, I mean, we've all had these emergency messages for years, but especially in the last year, we've seen up on TV, on Facebook and social media, get ready, get ready, get ready in the natural. They're talking about in the natural, get ready, get ready. <clears throat> Civil defense, get ready, get a grab bag, get a grab bag with emergency stuff in it. And obviously, recently, haven't we just seen in the natural how much those things have been needed for a lot of people? So I'm going to bring my little bit of kit out here. So over these last few weeks, I've kind of, I kind of thought, ah, oh, no, it should be all right. I'm all right. I've got food, blah, blah, blah. But then over the last couple of weeks, I thought, hmm, maybe I should start getting something ready. You know, maybe I should start preparing and make some a little bit of preparation and put myself... Now, this is not my actual real pack. I've actually got a bigger one than that, but I'm just bringing this one in as an example. Okay, so I thought... Because we've got to be prepared for our physical needs, obviously, because we need... Um, you know, we're, we're physical people. We need, to be, we need some natural things to um, help us on our way, of course. So... We have a torch. We need a torch, yeah. We've got the light here. It's pretty cool, eh? And then we've got this one here, which I think is kind of cool. And then we've got a little flashy red one for, um, you know, someone to find you. And I've got another one, actually, with a radio, your wind-up radio on it. 
which is um, kind of cool, I thought. So the torch, what this torch is good for is knowing where you're going in the dark. In the middle of the night, this is what is really good for all of us to have is a torch, knowing where you're going in the darkness. In the spiritual, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, which means to know God, to understand the truth. Remember in um, Matthew 25, there's the ten virgins, and they're, gonna, they're preparing themselves to go and meet the bridegroom. They were invited to a wedding banquet, and they were preparing themselves for the bridegroom. The foolish went out, and they took the lamps, but they didn't take any oil for the light. The wise went out, they took oil in the jars with their lamps. The bridegroom tarried, he took his time. I don't know why, but he took his time. And the foolish one's lamps were going out. There was no oil left. And they weren't invited to the wedding banquet as they were off down the shops buying some more oil for their lamps. The wise were ready. They had enough oil in the bridegroom. They had enough oil for their lamps. And the bridegroom arrived, so they entered the wedding banquet. And the wedding banquet we know is Christ's return. It's a picture of Christ's return. They were ready. They had oil for their jars. So the lamp re represents the word of God, a saving faith in a relationship with Jesus. Keep that lamp burning. The foolish virgins relied only on their own works and their knowledge. Reading the Bible and applying it to our lives. Remember, the word is the lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Keep in the word. Um, I'm speaking to myself, by the way, because <laughs> I know this is what God was speaking to me. Keep in the word. Keep the oil. Keep the lamp going. Keep the oil going. Keep the lamp going. <clears throat> In the natural. Food and water. We need food and water to survive in the natural. Otherwise, we'll be meeting Jesus earlier than we expect if we do not have this. <laughs> so food and water. Sustenance for our bodies. We need food, water for our physical bodies for strength, function, and to stay alive. Funnily enough. The spiritual, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hungry, be hungry, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We need him for living, for spiritual renewal, and spiritual growth, internal nourishment, and salvation. Because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How? As we spend time in prayer to get to know him. Just as you talk to him during the day as you go about your daily life, also set aside time to spend with him without distraction, just you and him, with your focus fully on the Lord. If we don't have time to pray, myself included, I'm talking to myself too, um, then our priorities need to be reset. That means we've got something else in front of that time we're spending with God. There's something else that's taking over that space. We need to spend time with our Lord to get to know him more, to get to know him deeper, to hear from him, and just allow him to minister to us, and just so we can just minister to him and worship to him and just worship and praise and focus on him. The fire. Aha. Fire lighting equipment. This is what I like. <laughs> So we've got our little, um, you know, I kind of figured, well, here's my little, whew, like that. That's pretty cool. You can light a fire with that one. 
And then obviously there's another one here I got, which I thought was neat. It's a little striker, so even if it's wet, you can still you can still light something with that. As long as you have something dry to light to, you can still light. Because I kind of figured, you know, first of all I thought, well, if I'm at home, I'm, I'm fine. I've got my food, I've got all my stuff. Then I thought, oh, but what if I'm at work and I can't get back? Then I've got to have something, you know, to survive with when I'm at work. And I thought, oh, but what if I'm driving over the Kaimais or down the country and there's no shops, there's nothing around. So my pack's got a little bit bigger and bigger as I go by because then I need this, this, and this, and this. Um, but I thought it was never, you know, never be underprepared. So I thought if I'm driving somewhere, I'm all sorted. I'm good to go. <laughs> okay. So the spiritual, our God is a consuming fire. God's holiness will elim eliminate anything that's temporary and worthless, leaving only that which is eternal. We've received the grace of God. He wants to heal, restore our hearts, so we produce fruit of the Spirit. But to produce fruit in our lives, we need to let go to him the things that are not producing eternal value. We can't take anything with us except the fruit of the Spirit, which is of eternal value. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Material things are of no value to God. They can be tools, and God knows we need them. I've got material things. Um, we, we, need, we need those material things, but they are of no eternal value. They are of absolutely no eternal value. We can't take them with us. They are meaningless to God unless they're used for God's glory. Are we living to impress people or giving glory to God? And I think it's something we all need to think about. I mean, do we have over more than enough that we need? What are we doing to glorify Christ? What are we doing to glorify God? <clears throat> That's for all of us to examine in our hearts, even if you have little, because it doesn't matter if you have much or little. Even if you have little, it's our heart's motive that matters to God, really. It's not what we have or don't have. It's our heart's motive. How are we glorifying the Lord with what we have? The natural. Now, I've got my little waterproof bag. The natural here. I have a power, a phone charger and a power pack. So that if the... If the, like, as we've seen, if the phone lines go down, the Wi-Fi goes down. I've got a little power pack here and a little phone charger. So I can take this and I can charge up my phone if it runs out of battery. And I've got my spare one to take with me in my little pack, in my little grab bag. So that's so I can be in communication if I can, get information if my cell phone goes out. <coughs> the spiritual Luke 24:49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power on high. Acts 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, and in all Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We need the person of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he's a person, not an it. The person of the Holy Spirit to help us Remind us, he leads us, convicts us. He is our helper, our teacher, our comforter. He guides, he empowers, he equips us and reveals the Father's will for us. 
and speaks only what he hears the Father speak and the things which should come. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us and work through us every day. Remember, he is fully God and reveals the things of God to us, the third person of the Trinity. He raised Christ from the dead and pointed us to the salvation of Jesus. He intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Acknowledge him. Welcome him when reading the word and in prayer, asking him to help you understand the word, asking him to help you to walk this life with his power and his strength. Three, Jesus will return, keeping our confession of hope. God is also speaking to me about this. He really is. So as we see the day approaching, we need to be, keep encouraging one another in the faith and not give up meeting together. And which day nearer to Jesus returning? Let us hold firmly to the hope that we have confessed because we can trust God to do what he promised. Let us think about each other and help each other to show love and do good works. Tell people you'll pray for them and then do so. Tell others what God has done for you. Testimonies are so encouraging. They're so encouraging. They tell you, it brings God into our lives and tells people what God has done in our lives. Tell others about what you are learning from the scriptures. Be excited with others when they tell you of the revelation of God. We need encouragement. I need encouragement, and I'm sure you do too, especially when life at times is hard. It gives us a lift to keep going, to keep hope alive, to motivate and help push us forward. You know when you have a rugby team, you know, you're watching the All Blacks on TV and they're all getting to the line where they're going to make a try and there's guys struggling and the other guys are coming back and the whole team comes behind them and they push, they push the, the guy with the ball. Just so you keep pushing and pushing and pushing and get him over the line. That's how we need to be with each other. We need to encourage and keep pushing everyone forward in Christ and in God. We need to help each other, pray for each other, support each other, be a team. Let's not be our own little spaces. Let's encourage one another. If we see a brother or sister flailing, encourage them. If we see them going astray, pray for them. So number one, Jesus is faithful. Our hope is not in vain. Two is our preparation. Keep in the word, keep in prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to help us. You know, um, keep that fire going. Keep that fire light in our hearts. Keep that, keep that, um, keep that just that closeness with the Lord. Be prepared spiritually. Get your spiritual kit ready. Will you? Will I? Will we spend time in the prayer? Will we spend time in, in the Word? Will we reassess what is of eternal value? That which gives God glory over and above material things. Ask the Holy Spirit daily for help, for his help, for more revelation of the Father's will. Encourage each other and pray for each other. Amen.